Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. We just want to take a moment and tell you about our email where you can send in your questions, your prayer requests, your thoughts uh, to Brother Dean. Um, it's going to be elevating the word at outlook.com. Elevating the word at outlook.com. And we want you to send your prayer requests there, your questions there um, that we can further discuss on the podcast. And um, we'll be praying for you and we'll be seeing what questions you give us from there. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the difference between the rapture and the second coming. So, Brother Dean, won't you fill us in on that? Thank you, Rob. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about two events that are separated with time. They're separated scripturally. They, are, they have a different description to us. The appearing of Jesus Christ is often referred to as the rapture of the church. Now, let me make something clear as we begin this. Today, the word rapture is not found in the scripture. It's taken from a Latin word that means caught up, gathered out. But the word gathering together, the appearing of Jesus Christ, that does appear in the scripture. There's uh, one scripture that I've chosen today to start this uh, broadcast with is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 1. He said, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Now, the first part of that verse, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, could either be referring to the appearing of Jesus or the second coming. Many believe it was the second coming. But the last part of that verse of Scripture can only be referring to one thing, our gathering together unto him. Well, it's a portion of the scripture that is in debate with a lot of people, especially in the church world today. But I believe it is very scriptural. I believe it is very timely. And I think the day that we're living in, this should be taught and there should be some understanding mm -hmm. in the people's minds of these two events that are going to transpire. So first of all, we're going to talk about the appearing of Jesus Christ because it happens before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And these both are very much scriptural in the word of God. And like I said, the appearing of Jesus Christ is where the Lord appears in the clouds of glory and calls a church from this earth to meet him in the clouds and in the air. The second coming of Jesus Christ is when he comes back from heaven with those saints mm. that was caught up to meet him in the clouds and in the air. You can't have one without the other because uh, the appearing of Jesus is the gathering of the saints. And the second coming is when the saints of God come back with him all the way down to this earth. But the appearing of Jesus is when the church is called up from this earth and meets the Lord in the clouds and in the air. Rob, let's read that today. Mm -hmm. Just in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 is probably the best rendition of this. Is this the first place we see the appearing happening well, in Scripture? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 Give some insight, starting in verse number 51, and, um, and then Matthew 24, and, and Luke. Uh, the, it's just all the way through yeah. the Scripture. Yeah, you don't have to go there. I just wanted to, to give that, because I know some people will be interested in where do we first see or hear about the yes. hearing. Well, I would guess, um, you know, um, whenever Jesus spoke to John in chapter 14, and he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come mm -hmm. again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Yes. That may be one of the first places that you'll find this event that Jesus spoke about clearly. 
Okay. Uh, now there's places where you can just dissect it and, and know what they're talking about. But the best explanation of the event of the appearing of Jesus Christ is found in first Thessalonians chapter four. And it begins in verse number 13. And if anyone out there has ever attended very many funerals, you have heard this read mm -hmm. at a lot of funerals because it, it gives hope to those that have lost a loved one and family members and friends. And, and the apostle Paul, he directs our attention to verse 13 in uh, this chapter through the rest of the chapter. He said, but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them, which are asleep that you sorrow, not even as others, which have no hope for if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16 and 17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. This is the sleep that he spoke in verse 13 and 14. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Now watch this. In the clouds and in the air to meet the Lord in the clouds and in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, we're for comfort one another with these words. Now, with this directive to us in verse 16 and 17, it just simply says a trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ is going to rise first. And when they come, surface, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Mm -hmm. That's not coming back with him. That is meeting mm -hmm. him in the clouds. Two adjectives there that describes that, the clouds and in the air. So at the appearing of Jesus, he does not come back to set foot on this earth. He comes back in the clouds and calls a church body mm. from this earth to meet him in the clouds and in the air. So why in the air? Why not do we just go straight to heaven? Why don't? Why does he not just call us? Because a lot of people say when, when the Lord calls us home, when the Lord calls us home, and, and when we all are raptured out of here, are we... At his appearing, we're gone. A lot of people have a belief and a, a mindset that, that that is right right into heaven directly, but we're going to meet him in the actual air that is above us. In the correct? clouds and in the air. Rob, I think that that is probably explained to us uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter uh, 2, and uh, he, he gives some some very good insight there. And... Uh, to, to tell us why that we're going to meet the Lord in the clouds and in the air. Chapter 2 and verse 2. He said, uh, Wherein in times past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil's territory. Mm. He's the prince of the power of the air. And when the dead in Christ come forth out of the grave, and the live and remain, we're going to meet the Lord in the devil's territory. And I like mm -hmm. to think of this as it's face smearing time for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yeah. Now, the Bible does not tell us how long we'll be there in the clouds and in the air, but we will meet him in the clouds and in the air. And I think it's just show off time yeah. for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, and, uh, you know, just letting your imagination run with you yeah. for a moment of time, because it'll be a number that is so, uh, multiplied that, uh, it would be virtually almost impossible to number them by number. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like these big crowds that they number. They mm -hmm. they number them by estimation Yeah. Uh, because there's so many people there that you're not for sure who you counted once and who you counted mm -hmm. twice. But uh, we will be such a vast number in the clouds and in the air, and it will be uh, triumph time. Triumph time, show-off time yes. for the King of kings and the Lord of lords because the devil himself and the imps of hell 
is going to take a look first-handed at the church that has been redeemed mm. and has overcome every temptation, has overcome mm. every discouraged moment, has overcome uh, having their families tore away from them, their finances ripped out from them, their health took away from them, but they just stayed true to God. Mm. And when we meet the Lord in the clouds and in the air, what a yeah. triumph day that's going to be yeah. when the demons of hell look at the ones that they done their best yeah. to rip apart but they just was faithful to God mm -hmm. and they overcome. It's going to be a great happening and a great day. Uh, Rob, let's go back just a moment of time and talk about this. Uh, the dead in Christ, the Bible said in verse uh, 16 and 17, in verse 16, he said, the Lord himself mm -hmm. shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Then verse 17, the dead in Christ will rise first. Now let me just comment on that for a moment of time. Why the dead in Christ are going to rise first. It's not that they're six foot under. Mm -hmm. It's not that they are uh, beneath us, but it is the fact that they'll be the first to know about the appearing of Jesus Christ. And here's why. When a saint of God, a Christian person, dies and they're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, instantly, when God calls his breath home, the breath of God is the glue that holds the soul and the spirit mm. and the body together. Explain that to okay? us. Okay. Uh, you have two parts of you that is eternal, soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. And only one part of you is natural, which is your body. But it is the breath of God that holds the soul and spirit inside the body. And when God calls his breath home, there's nothing, nothing to keep that soul and spirit intact mm -hmm. in that body. But if you're covered by the blood instantly, at the time that death happens, the soul and the spirit is released at that time and goes into the presence of God. Now, Paul gives some insight concerning that. And in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 8, he gives this and he said, we're confident. He said, we're just very confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, when he says absent, it just simply means there's no delay. In the instant that the soul and spirit leaves the body, it opens its eyes in the presence of God, and there it lives in the presence of God. Now then, let me show you that. In verse 14, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and verse number 14, the Apostle Paul makes this very clear. The trumpet of God, he talks about sounding in verse 16 and 17. But in verse number 14, he said, but if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus. Now watch this. Will God bring with him? Amen. He can't bring them with him if they're not with him. Yeah, that that's that's what this scripture is talking about. So that go, goes ahead and rules out purgatory. It rules out the, yes. that type of belief he system. Is, there, the presence of God is the mm -hmm. keeping place for the soul mm -hmm. of those that have been redeemed yeah. by the blood of Jesus. And I think we talked about that in a podcast here a while back. The soul and the spirit. Yes. And, and uh, we, we divided that up mm -hmm. as to what part mm -hmm. that plays. So we'll not go back and rehash that. Yeah. But when a person dies instantly, instantly, the soul leaves the body. And if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, it goes into the presence of mm -hmm. God. And there it's in the presence of God until the trumpet gets ready to sound. So when the trumpet gets ready to sound, they have got to be put back on this earth to get their body. 
because their body was left here. Their soul and spirit left the body, and be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they have not yet gained a a new body. No, no, their soul and spirit right now in the presence of God. Only the sounding of the trumpet is 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 the landmark for the changing of the the old body to the new body. Let me let me just Mm -hmm. kindly detour here. And go into First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and uh, let me think here, verse fifty-one, beginning. He said, "Behold, I show you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed." What is mm-hmm. the same thing Thessalonians is saying? The dead in Christ and the live and remain will not all sleep. That means the live and remain, but we'll all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Mm. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal, he's speaking of the body here, the new body, and the mortal put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on the incorruption, and the mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Mm-hmm. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, but the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul again is reiterating this. I've heard, you know, for years it takes at least two scripture to make a doctrine. Well, here's two mm-hmm. right here in the word of God that says the same identical thing. Yeah. The Old, the old uh, Testament saints, when they died and went into paradise, and we may talk about that sometime on a podcast, yeah. and paradise was moved at, from the time of the cross and resurrection of Christ. But whenever our loved ones pass away, and uh, they're taken to a cemetery, and there they are buried. What you're burying is what housed who they actually was. Mm-hmm. You're, you're burying the body. The body has to die. It has to die because it's the part that was given to us by our biological parents, and it is referred to in the Scripture as the flesh, mm-hmm. the flesh. And you, you hear it in the Word of God, the flesh and the Spirit, contrary one to another. They fight, they war against each other. But the flesh, I don't care how spiritual you are, how close to God you are, you can't keep unpleasant, unclean thoughts from coming into your mind. Yeah. They're going to come because you're flesh. Mm. Now, you don't have to act on them. No. You can rebuke them. You can get a hold of yourself and with discipline say, I'm not going to be part of that. Mm -hmm. But that's acts of the flesh. And the day that breath leaves your body and that body dies, all of that's over. Mm. The bad thoughts, uh, the flesh ideas, all of that's done with. It's over. That body's taken to a grave and that body lays there until the trumpet sounds and God will raise a new body out of the old body and he will change it from a corruptible to an incorruptible, from a mortal to an immortal body. And when he does, all the flesh, see our biological parents gave us our body now, but it has Mm -hmm. to die or it has to be changed. And whenever it's risen from the dead, it is changed at that point. So all three parts of us at that time will be heavenly. Mm. Our spirit, our soul, and our brand new body. Amen. Now, Rob, I get this question a lot from people. Well, how's the Lord going to make a new body out of the old body? And that's actually explained to us in the scripture. And um, before I get into those scripture, let me make a statement. When you come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, he moves in you through an anointing of the Spirit. You ask Jesus to come into you. The only way he can come into you is by the Spirit. Mm. 
So there's an anointing there that comes into your body. Now let's put some word on that. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and verse number 20. He said, what? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God and your body and your spirit, which are God's. Mm -hmm. So now our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Our body houses the anointing, the anointing that brings Jesus Christ into our heart and our life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, my mind is just wheeling here. I'm thinking, well, mm -hmm. we need to cover this. <laughs> we need to go there. But this is just where there's a time slot yeah. on this broadcast here. But the fact is that the anointing of God is inside a person. And when a person dies, the soul and the spirit is released. But that anointing still stays with that body. Yeah, like the, like, what is it, First Kings, the man that was thrown on the boat? Elisha. Elisha. Yeah. Elisha, that's yeah. Second Kings. Second Kings, yeah. Whenever Elisha had died and they buried him many, many years later, mm -hmm. the only thing left of Elisha was just bones. Mm -hmm. The flesh had deteriorated, just bones. And then there's an army coming across country, and one of their buddies had been killed, and they're carrying his body, and the enemy is chasing them, and and they opened the tomb of Elisha and dropped this dead man in on the bones of Elisha, and there was enough anointing still mm. in the bones that the dead man rose from the dead. Wow. And that story's not in the Bible, so God can just have a thick book. Yeah. He's explaining something to yeah. us there, the anointing of the Spirit of God. Now, before I drift too far from that, let me put a final word Mm -hmm. on the anointing of the Spirit. This is in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11. But if the Spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead, and watch this, shall also quicken your mortal, that's the body we got right now, yeah. shall quicken your mortal body by the same Spirit Mm. which is in you. So the anointing of the Spirit of God. Rob, through the years of time, Peggy and I have done several hundred funerals. We, I, I wish we had kept a record yeah. of all the funerals that we have done, and we still do a lot of them. But I always, when I walk up to the casket of a saint of God, I take just an instant because I sense the anointing of the Spirit of God that is still with that body, mm. still with that body. Mm. I always go to that casket and I'll stand there just for a second because I want to sense the anointing that's yeah. there, the anointing that's going to bring that body back from the dead mm. and change that old corruptible body that wore yeah. out, that was diseased, that just passed away in pain. But that anointing is going to bring that body back to life. Yeah, and that also proves that we all have anointing so far as, as those who believe in yes. Jesus. Well, yeah. if you have Jesus living inside of There's you, an he is anointed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's just, that's a give me right there. Mm -hmm. But there's degrees of anointing. There's degrees of spirit yes. and uh, there's degrees of faith yes. that we get involved in by the word of God. But when the trumpet sounds, when the trumpet sounds, the Lord descends from heaven mm -hmm. with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. When that trumpet sounds, he brings the soul and the spirit of that individual back with him. That's in verse 14. Yes. And when he does, that soul and spirit enters back into that body. Those that are alive and remain, for instance, if it happened right now and we're sitting here, mm -hmm. instantly this flesh would change from a corruptible to an incorruptible body. And when it does, we'll rise from this earth. The dead in Christ rise first, which means they're the first to know yeah. about it. They have to come back with him. 
But when the dead in Christ rises first, then the live and remain mm. will be caught up together and we meet him in the clouds and in the air. And the scripture said, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Mm. And the show off time, it's the devil's territories where we meet at yeah. in the clouds and in the air. And then he takes us from there into the third heaven. Okay. And there we will be until the second coming of Jesus Christ. Give us a is there a time period between his appearing and second and second coming? Yes. What what does that look like? Yes. And that's also an argument point. Okay. Now I'm of the opinion that the trumpet will sound and they will be a catching away before a tribulation period. Yes. Now uh I think we've got time probably yeah, yeah, to, to, t- to touch on that because it is a, a point that is a lot of it is argumental. And uh, there's uh, people that believe that there will be a, a sounding of a trumpet and people will leave here before the wrath of God is revealed. By the way, the tribulation period is the wrath of God. And then there's people that believe there'll be a group that will go halfway through the tribulation period yes. and they'll leave here. Then there's a group that believes you'll go all the way through yes. the tribulation period. And there is scripture to support all three points of that. Hmm. If there wasn't, there wouldn't be such an argument on it. So let's deal with that. Yeah. In the book of Revelation, chapter number four and verse number one, he said, after this, anytime you're reading Revelation, and you come across the words after this, it's a natural division in the book. Mm-hmm. It means God has closed one subject mm-hmm. and he started another subject. So chapter four, he has just closed out talking about and addressing the seven churches of Revelation, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, the Laodicean. He just finished addressing them. And now he starts this. After this, I'm in verse one of chapter four. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as a trumpet talking with me, got the trumpet there, talking with me, which said, come up Heather or a catching away. And I'll show you things that must be hereafter. You've got Thessalonians chapter four, Right here in verse number one, all of the all of the assets and benefits is in this verse right here, and it's before the first trump, the first vial, the first seal is open. Mm-hmm. It is at the beginning of this, and then with when you go to Revelation chapter number seven and verse number nine. Now, the first eight verses is the sealing of 144,000, and that's Jews. They're all named here of their tribes and and 12,000 from each tribe and their seal. But verse nine, here we go again. After this, Mm -hmm. natural division. And these are the Gentiles. Watch what it says here. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Now watch it. Out of all nations, kindred, people, and tongue. And watch what there, they stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. Now slide down to verse 14. Verse 14, John asked, who is this group? Who is this bunch? Listen to what the angel said. These are they that come out of great tribulation, having washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Here's a group that comes out of tribulation period. Mm -hmm. This is halfway through the tribulation period. So there is a group leaving here halfway through the tribulation period. Now go to revelation chapter 20 and verse number four, revelation chapter 20 and verse number four. Now there's people that argue the point you're going all the way through the tribulation period. And there's folks that will, because in verse number four, he said, I saw thrones They that sat upon them, judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, 
neither his image, neither received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Hmm. Here's a group that goes all the way through, and here's why we know that. The mark of the beast will not be made mandatory until the last half of the tribulation period. Hmm. And this word says they didn't receive the mark of the beast. They never worshiped his image. So they had to come through the mandatory part of that mm. and gave their life for the cause of Christ. So here's a group that goes all the way through the tribulation period. Yeah. So Rob, my, my, my question is, why fuss about it? Yeah. Why fuss about it? All three of them are scriptural. I think it comes down, which one are you going to go in? Which I prefer one? the first one. Yes. <laughs> yes, me too. And And this is... You know, it's always been a, a yeah. stickler and this yeah. and that. And if you want to go halfway through, there's a group going. Yeah. If you want to go all the way through, there's a group going. Mm -hmm. So it does say that it's going to happen. But there, it also gives us so much insight. And in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9, he said, We're not appointed unto the wrath of God, but to obtain salvation. And this is following the chapter where Paul talks about the catching away of meeting the Lord in the yeah. air. Yes. And the wrath of God is the tribulation period yeah. when God's going to pour his wrath out. But yeah. in chapter 7, uh, in verse 9, the group that goes halfway through the tribulation period, they're out of all nations, kindred, people, and tongue. And they had already been changed. Mm -hmm. Because they're in robes of white in verse 14. Yeah. And John recognized them by their nationality and by their speech. Hmm. He recognized them. So that that's says a, a lot, right? Yes, there. it does. It says a whole lot. If you're white, you'll still be white. If you're yeah. black, you'll still be black. If you're red, you'll be red. If, if you're tan, you'll still be tan. If you talk country, you'll still be country. You'll still be country, yeah. <laughs> but he recognized them by their nationality and the language they spoke. So I've heard you say this before. Um, Jesus' first coming was for salvation, the grace and the love yes. and all that, but his second coming will be wrath. So so dive us into that second coming. Okay. The second coming of Jesus is when he comes from heaven back down to this earth, and he will have his church with him. Now, this is in Revelation 19, and it's at the close of the tribulation period, and it starts in verse number 11, chapter 19 of Revelation and verse number 11. He said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He that sat upon him is called faithful and true. And in righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes were flame of fire and on his head was many crowns had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He's clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now look at verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven. Wow. The armies which were in heaven followed after him upon white horses. Look at their clothing, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now let me stop right there and prove a point. The armies which were in heaven... Look at their clothing, their weather, wearing fine linen, white and clean. Go back to verse 7 and 8 before Jesus comes back on the white horse. Verse 7 and 8 said, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted, look at the clothing here, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, Clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Now let's mm. go back and reread verse 14 and see if that's not a matching clothing apparel there. And the armies which war in heaven. Oh, you can't get around that. The armies which war in heaven followed after him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And then he said in verse 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall, might, shall smite nations. He shall rule them with the rod of iron. For he that treadeth the winepress and fearness and wrath of the Almighty God, he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I saw an angel stand in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to the fowls that fly in the midst of the heaven, 
Come gather yourselves together to the supper of our great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captain, flesh of mighty men, of horses, them that set upon them the flesh of all men, both free and bond, small and great. I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, which had wrought miracles and deceived them, that had received the mark of the beast. And these both were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword perceived out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, Rob, not too mm-hmm. far out there, we're going to do another podcast on the beast and the false prophet taken straight from the battlefield of Armageddon and cast into the lake of fire alive. That's important to see mm-hmm. because the Bible speaks of a second death, and that's the reason it is pinpointing alive here. Mm-hmm. So, the second coming of Jesus Christ is at the end of the tribulation period. He will come back from heaven with angels and with saints of God with him. Now, now let me give and you. And we're part of that army, right? We will. We will be and, the army, army, and the army, and the armies which the were army. in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about part of the army there and their clothing. And yes. then it's proved in verse seven and yeah. eight. That that's it's, us. Yes. That's us. Yeah. But if you go back to the Old Testament, here is another rendition of the second coming in Zechariah, the book of Zechariah chapter 14, and the first uh, first eight verses there is the rendition of the ending of the tribulation period and also uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. He said in verse one, behold, the day of the Lord comes and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Now, verse number two, he said, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Every nation that will exist at that time will be gathered. There will be a representation out of every nation that's going to come against Jerusalem. And then look at the severity of this. The cities will be taken the houses rifle, women ravished, the brutality that's there. Half of the city will go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall be cut off from the city. Now then, what this is a story of is the final siege from the Antichrist and the false prophet and those that had received the mark of the beast are going to be in this army here. They're going to come against Jerusalem And the Bible said they're going to seize seize the city. Mm. Half of the city of Jerusalem is going to fall. But the Jews are fighting fiercely because the Antichrist wants to annihilate any representation of God Mm. on this earth. But look what it said in verse 3. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives. He said, which is before Jerusalem on the east. The Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there will be a very great valley formed and half of the mountain removed toward the north and half toward the south. When Jesus comes back, those Jews are going to be pinned up against Mount Olive. They're going to be surrounded by the Antichrist army. And when Jesus comes back at his second coming, his foot would touch Mount Olive. And when it does, there'll be a great valley form. That mountain will move toward the north and south in a very huge valley. And those that were pinned down that had nowhere to go, this will be their escape. Hmm. And they'll escape through that hole in the mountain, that valley that's performed there by Jesus himself. And he will come down and stand between those Jews, the Antichrist and his army. But here's the catching thing. In verse 5, in verse 5, he said, you'll flee to the mountain, valley of the mountain, for the valley of the mountain shall reach unto Azel. 
You'll flee like you fled before the earthquake of the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Now look at the last part of this. This is where you can't deny this. And he said, the Lord my God shall come and all the saints, all the saints with him. There it is again. Yeah. How can the saints come back with him if they don't go up to meet him come on. in the clouds and in the air? Yeah. This, you know, this is just what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this right out loud because I'm not making this up. No. This is the word of God. There will be an appearing of Jesus Christ and a calling away will go into heaven. And I believe the seven years that we'll be in in the heavens itself, we will be eating of the marriage supper of the mm-hmm. Lamb. That's when and all that takes place. Yes, I believe that. Okay. I, I'm sold on that. And there'll be guests coming in all the time from this earth that was killed by the Antichrist mm-hmm. that was raptured out. There's more than one rapture that's mentioned in the Word of God. Yes. The 144,000 appear in chapter 7 and on the earth, seal with a seal, but chapter 14, they appear before the throne of God. Mm. How'd they get there? They can only get there one way, and that's translation. Mm. So we'll be eating the marriage supper of the Lamb, and all of these guests will be coming in, coming in as we as we dine with them. And, and um, you know, I don't know... We got time. We How got much time, time that we've got here? We've got but time. I would like to talk one more thing uh, uh, about this, or say one more thing about this, and and I want to use uh, uh, something that I get this constantly, all the time, where people with misunderstandings will say, "Well, brother Dean, when I get to heaven, I've got a lot of questions hmm. to ask the Lord." And, and I'm not trying to let anybody down, but the truth of the matter is when we're changed from the corruptible to the incorruptible, mm-hmm. from the mortal to the immortal, every question we had at that instant will be... Well, we'll be like him. Yes. We'll be answered at that point. And let yeah. me read that. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, this is the love chapter, but it also has got a lot of prophecy in it from the scripture here, verse number nine. He said, for for we know in part, he's talking about the now there. We know in part and we prophesy in part. Are we preaching part? What does it mean? We don't know everything. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've met people that thought they did. Yeah. That's the folks you want to stay away from because mm-hmm. you can't teach them nothing. No. And we if, should be continually learning. Yes, we need to be. I, I, I'm 67 years old and I'm still learning yeah. from the word of God and I love it. Yeah. But in, in verse number nine, he said, we know in part and we preach or we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which in part shall be done away. And, and, and by the way, that which is perfect is come wasn't the Bible. It's when Jesus comes back and, and, and sets a kingdom up. And he said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I become a man, when I matured, I put away childish things. But look at verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly. That means when I walk to a window first thing in the morning and it's all steamed up and I'm trying to look outside and everything is blurry i just don't see it clearly mm-hmm. even though i wipe it away i still yeah. through the water and the mitts there i cannot see it he said for now we see it through a glass darkly but watch this but then face to face now i know in part but then shall i know even as also i am known now by the faith, hope, and charity, these three and the greatest of these are charity. What he's saying there? Everything that I did not know, I will know what God wants me to know. People that I have never met, there won't be a time of introduction in heaven. Mm-hmm. He's not going to spend the first million years introducing all of mm-hmm. us to one to another. We're going to know. Watch mm-hmm. what he said. Then shall I know 
even this also I'm, I'm numb. When I'm sitting in the marriage supper of the Lamb, I'm going to know Peter, James, John, Timothy, all of these characters that's mentioned in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know them by name. Maybe I'll look at Timothy and say, hey, Timothy, pass that gravy over here, buddy. Yeah. Peter, hand me a biscuit. James, if you don't mind, pull, pull, pull that lamb chop down here. I'd like to have some of that. Hmm. I'm going to know them. And maybe the Apostle Paul come down my side of the table, talking and carrying on, and he'll slap me on the back and say, Dean, glad you made it. I'm going to look at him and say, hey, brother, when I got a hold of 1 Corinthians 15 yeah. and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it changed my mm-hmm. life and my thinking. Yeah. You see, this is so far-fetched right now, yeah. but according to the Scripture, it's going to be a real thing. Mm. It's going to be a real thing. So what does that face-to-face mean? It means that we'll have knowledge without any kind okay. of interruption. Okay. Face-to-face. Mm. So it's kind of explained like this. I've heard of somebody over here, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden I meet them face-to-face. Yeah. Now they're no longer just a thought and an imagination, but they're real. Mm. They're real. So it says face-to-face. And Rob, we'll come back with him at the second coming of Christ. And in order to come back with him, you've got to be there. Yeah. You have got to be there. There's no way around it. If you take the appearing of Jesus out, you're going to have to take out part of this Bible. Yeah. And you're going to have to do away with part of this Bible. Well, I don't, I don't understand what's the point in serving if we're not, if we're not getting out of here. You know, well, if, if there's not an eternity for us, you know, for some people, because there's a people that don't believe in a rapture at all. Yes. And I don't understand that, you well, know, because I would want to live etern- eternally with God. Maybe they've not been taught. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe they hadn't been taught. And maybe I hope this podcast will be an eye-opener to someone somewhere. And, you know, we'll be changed from the corruptible to the incorruptible, from the mortal to the immortal. And I get this question quite often. Uh, and, and and I'm not going to go into all the details because time just would not a- allow us to do that. But in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 2, he said, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what we'll be like, but we know this, mm-hmm. that when he appears, we'll be like him. Now watch this, for we shall see him as he mm-hmm. is. And when Jesus left here, he left this earth at age 33. Yeah, I really believe that will be the eternal age. Mm. It's 33 years old. Yeah, And I think about that sometimes. When I was 33, I had a head full of thick black hair. Yeah, Only one chin, I could climb a tree and jump out without any problems at all. But mm. through the years of time, this body will deteriorate. It gets to the point you can't do like you one time done. But the scripture also says in Psalms 103 that our youth will be renewed like the eagles. Mm. And uh, we're going to live forever in the presence of God. Well, I was reminded when you were reading Zechariah and then you got to verse 2 and it talked about uh, thieves coming in and things like that. And then it reminded me of uh, Isaiah 65. Yes. You know, where he said you'll build homes and nobody will come in and Mm -hmm. take that. No, you'll, you'll, you'll grow gardens and nobody will... Um, come and steal the fruit. Yes. And, That's on our podcast called Heaven mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we talked about and went through those scriptures yes. of explaining them. It is a bright future that we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I hope today that maybe some people have been encouraged yeah. because we're going to assume another life. And and this this Bible lesson we're talking about now is the hope of mm-hmm. the church. Um, I can't tell you how many times through the years of time that I just hit bottom, so discouraged and thinking, am I doing any good? Mm-hmm. Why keep going? And then I get to thinking, what if the trumpet sounds now? Yeah. What if the trumpet sounds now? Well, I'm just fooling around. Yeah. That thought alone keeps me fired up and keeps me going. We have to preach and teach the message of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen. And get it into the hearts and the minds of the people of God. There is going to be an event where the trumpet sounds and he will call a church from this earth 
to meet him in the clouds and in the air. And he said, so shall we ever be with the Lord? Absolutely. I have several friends um, with the mindset that this, they're not even thinking just in, just because of the generation that I grew up in. We didn't, we <laughs> heaven and hell was offensive. So they threw it out of the church and it's yeah. detrimental to our world today because it should have stayed in. Yes. And we would have had it a lot stronger uh, and probably even more, more numbers in the church, but that's not what it's about. But anyway, um, we have to, we have to get back. I'm grateful for you doing this and teaching us about heaven, about his appearing, about the second coming, because the more we know, the greater our faith grows, as you've taught us. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, just really good. Why don't you pray us out and just close us out? Father, I'm so thankful today for the blessed hope. And I thank you, Lord, that your word gives us instruction concerning this. And I pray that we will be looking for that event to take place. And God, as we live right now, we can see signs coming about that we are nearing the end of this thing. And I pray, Lord, because we know from the scripture that that event is going to take place. May people that are listening to this podcast change their thinking, change their mind, and may a fire build inside of them that we must work while it's day for the night comes when no man will work. God bless this to the people that are listening, may their hearts be challenged and may our soul be touched with the moving of the power, the strength of God. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining the podcast today. We hope that it encouraged you in a great way. We encourage you to go to Dean Caldwell Ministries page and like and follow. We will be posting videos, dates and places and updating our broadcast from time to time. Thank you for joining and have a great day.